Good morning. If you're joining us online, welcome. Um, it is so good to be here. I love uh, the privilege of being able to come and share. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Winnie. I'm the young adults pastor here. We're starting a series um, entitled Love Is. God's love is God wanting the best for us. When we love someone, it is not just a fuzzy, warm feeling. It is us wanting the best for them. So I'm going to be talking about love being a manger. Love is a manger. And next week, we have the amazing Ruth Morrison talking to us about love being a nativity. Love is a nativity. And then we have Christine Wisdom the following week talking about love is a gift. Shall we pray as we start? Holy Spirit, we just invite you now to just fill us afresh. Open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and help us hear you and help us respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Malaysia, we never wear shoes into the house. Most houses in Malaysia have tiled floors, um, and some have wooden floors. My mum in particular is among a very special band of women all across the country, totally committed to their floors being spotless and squeaky clean. This commitment calls for special detergents, special methods, but the floor has to be squeaky clean, and I mean squeaky. As I say this, I can feel the squeak under my feet, walking on my mother's floor. Every day, at least once a day, the floor gets vacuumed and mopped. And after cooking, my mum will always mop the floor again to ensure the highest standard of squeakiness. Sandy Hart once said that you guys could eat off of your floor, can't you? We totally can. It is that clean. Now, that's just floors for normal human beings, okay? Now, when babies come into the picture, that calls for extreme measures. Did you know that most Chinese Malaysian, that's who I am, Chinese Malaysian babies are bathed twice a day? Twice a day. And um, imagine if that baby is going to crawl on that floor. Think about that floor. Okay? Well, my husband is quite dismayed that I have picked up this trait from my mum and stresses him out endlessly about cleanliness, he should be very grateful that I'm actually a lesser version of my mum. <laughs> Unlike my older brother, who has taken that standard and raised it way higher, but I'm not here to bag him out, so I won't. Each of us come with a certain lens as we look at the birth of Jesus, and it touches us in many different ways. For me, my need for floor cleanliness uh, brings me a level of shock and even disbelief about how our Lord chose to be born into this earth. Philippians 2, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. The creator became the creation. Jesus took a huge step down when he left the throne of glory 
and became a human being, a helpless human baby. We love babies, but have you seen babies? They're pretty helpless. And for God to choose to become a baby, totally reliant on the parents to care for him. So what would his birth look like? What would his life look like? When Princess Leonor was born in 2014, this was her crib when she returned to Sweden from USA to be christened. She didn't even live in Sweden. She went back there to be christened. She is the eldest child of Princess Madeline and Christopher O'Neill. She is the eighth in the line of succession to the Swedish throne. When Jesus was born about 2,000 years ago as a human baby, this was his crib. He's the son of God, the creator of the universe. It says in Luke 2, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. The first bed of the Son of God was not a royal cradle. It was a common corn crib. It's meant to hold scraps to be eaten by slobbering animals. His first bed was a manger. Manger comes from the Latin word for chew or eat. It refers to a trough where horses and donkeys and cattle ate. If you have pets, you know that their bowl, you know, their food bowl, doesn't stay very clean, does it? From a throne of endless glory to a manger in the dirt. Why? For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Love. Stables are in fact usually caves. Ooh, usually caves. That's not sound effect intended. Um, so caves are usually cold and it's dark. And a lot of stables are caves under ground, you know, and it's cold, it's dark. It's also full of mud, manure, dust, cobwebs, and it smells of must and mold. As the cows eat at the trough, they slobber and drool. Have you seen cows? Yeah, they drool. In the summer, there are flies and spiders and insects. Not, not only can I imagine not having a baby, in a stable, honestly, if I had the choice, I wouldn't even set foot into one. That's me, I'm pretty extreme. If you've taken me to a farm, you will know I won't go anywhere because there's poo on the ground. <laughs> a manger is cold, dark. A manger is cold, dark, and dirty. Jesus was born in a place that was cold, dark, and dirty, not a spotless royal chamber. Why? I know Jesus came, but why? Why did he have to come in this way? There are many reasons, but one of it, I believe, is this. The truth is Jesus is always born in the manger. Every time Jesus comes into our lives, he is born into the manger. What's our human heart like? Cold, dark, and dirty. 
My floor might be spotless and squeaky, but I know my heart is cold, dark, and dirty. It's cold because we do not know the love of God. It's dark because we do not have the light of Christ. It is dirty because we are sinners and our hearts are stained and soiled by sin. But the miracle is this. He's willing to be born into our hearts. No matter how cold, dark and dirty. In 1996, my heart was in a state of complete disarray. It was so eaten up by my pride, anger and hatred so bound by addiction, so polluted by pornography, concepts and language that is so foul, I grimace to remember. I was fueled by, my heart was fueled by hatred and destruction. I wanted so much to destroy. I dreamt of destroying. I imagined ways to destroy and I destroy. I did. And my hatred motivated me to do so. My husband believes that when Jesus saved me, it wasn't really for me, but it was for the world. (laughs) As Jesus entered into my heart, my manger, cold, dark and dirty, he starts to warm it. He starts to light it up. He starts to clean it. My heart is now in a very different state than it used to be. But still, every day I make choices that soil and pollute my heart. Sometimes I create spaces in my heart to have a little bit of darkness so that I can hide stuff in there. I harden my heart to make it cold towards certain things and certain people. And every day, my Lord warms it, he lights it up, and he cleans it as I come to him. Day by day, again and again. His mercy is new every morning. Sometimes the state of our heart is not exactly our fault. Our hearts are cold and dark because of the things that have happened to us. Still, Jesus meets us at the manger. He meets us in the darkness of our grief and sorrow, in the blackness of our despair. I know one or two people who are going through deep despair at the moment and listening to this. Jesus meets you there. He comes into our lives when we feel cold, unloved, and alone. When we feel cold and half frozen to death, he comes. Again, why? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For God so loved. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Can I just ask us to close our eyes for a moment? If you feel comfortable, don't close your eyes yet because I want to show you this. Um, To hold up your hands like this. There is nothing magical about it. It's only the opposite of this. And just receive God's love this morning. Close your eyes and allow this truth to sink into your heart. If you don't believe it, more so, do it. And see if God's truth doesn't sink into your heart this morning. God loves you. Right now.
as you are. God loves you. God loves you. Thank you. In order to save us, he had to step even lower. The manger was only step one on the Calvary Road. The Calvary Road, the road to the cross. The Calvary Road is downhill, not because it gets easier, but because it gets lower. Um, Again, back to Philippians 2. Uh, The second part of it says, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. I deserve a criminal's death. We deserve a criminal's death because of the condition of our hearts, so full of sin, so willful in ignoring God and doing our own thing, often hurting ourselves and hurting others. So, He suffered the punishment of my sin, of our sins, and died on our behalf so that we don't have to. All we have to do is to believe him and accept what he has done, and we are forgiven. Again, why? Because God so loved. It's because of love. Why the manger? Because of love. Love is a manger. Have you allowed Jesus to be born into your heart? I want to give you an invitation. Maybe this is the first time you're going to invite Jesus into the manger of your heart. Maybe this is the 500th time. It doesn't matter. We need Jesus to come into our heart every day. So I just want to invite you, if this is your your response to what I've been saying, I'm just going to say a very simple prayer. And you can repeat after me in your heart or quietly or loudly if you want. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being willing to come into my heart. I'm so sorry for the state that it is in. I'm sorry for ignoring you and choosing to live for myself. Please now come in by your Holy Spirit to warm it up, to light it up, and to clean it up. Help me live for you. Amen. Now, back to Philippians 2. I kind of tricked you because um, the verse actually started like this. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I didn't read that part first, but now I'm reading it. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So if we claim to follow Jesus, we do what he does, yeah? So what about us? This is the fun part. What mangers is he calling us to enter? Maybe, I really believe that for some of you listening, either online or in person, God has been calling you. He has laid a call on your heart to become a missionary in a foreign land, to bring the word of God to a foreign place. Talk to a leader 
if that's who you are, respond. Because it will feel like entering a manger. It's going to be different. And at times, it will really feel like entering a manger. Or is God calling you to become a missionary here in Launceston? Let me ask you, how are you bringing Jesus into the mangers at your school? How are you bringing Jesus into the mangers at your workplace? How, are, how is God calling you to bring Jesus into the mangers on your street? What about in your family? Am I bringing Jesus into the mangers in those places or am I not? Or am I just hiding being an undercover, just, it's fine. God is calling you and God's calling me. What mess is he calling us to step into for the sake of others, for the sake of love? Bring it closer to home. There is another lady in this church who loves getting involved in other people's messes, who loves stepping into other people's mangers. She's always close to the hurting and the needy. She always brings flowers from her beautiful garden. She would bring gifts and she's always praying for them, befriending them, visiting. For those of us who have been in our community and who have moved into retirement homes, she's always visiting them. She's always visiting people in the hospital. The question is, what does her life look like? She has a lot of hurts herself, a lot of mess, but she is willing to step into the manger for other people. She makes space in her heart and mind, time for the hurting around her. I'm sometimes one of the hurting people, and I know that she has been a blessing to me. There are so many opportunities here at Door of Hope for you to do that, for you to step into mangers. And I just really want to invite you. Jesus has stepped into our manger for us to get involved, bring Jesus into the mangers all across our community, especially during this Christmas season. If you want to know more, please speak to us at the end of the service. There'll be leaders out the front. Love is a manger. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you. We have no words. We have no words to thank you for what you've done for us, for what you continue to do for us. But we do have this life that we want to give to you. And we ask that you take this life and help us to imitate you, entering into mangers all across our community, all around us, people you've put around us. You are our Lord. So what you do, we will do. God, I just pray. I, I believe that there are people listening to this and really struggling with some of the things you've put in their hearts to do in response I pray right now, Holy Spirit, your word says that you give, us a, you give us the will and the power to do what pleases you. As you've given us the will, I pray that you give us the power to do what pleases you. 
oh Jesus, how we love you. My Jesus, how I love you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.